Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 379, Daryl. John Wick won't back down. I, I was uh, thinking I could, like, on the soundboard, put, like, the, the Tom Petty, I won't back down, Noah. <laughs> but uh, then I was like, nah, I don't want to get a copyright infringement. <laughs> uh, I, I I just think of that movie, Never Back Down. Oh, with, um, was that, was, was that with Channing Tatum? Tatum, Chan, Channing Tatum? That, that's, yeah. No, no, it, it was a, a lookalike. I forgot the guy's Wait, name. Wait, it's won't back down or never back down? Never back down. Never back down. I'm just looking it up because I'm 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 curious now. Um, where's the IMDb? I think that Cam uh, Gigagent or what? I yeah. always mess up his last name. Was Sean Ferris was the was the guy the the wannabe Channing Tatum, Jake the Gridiron Tyler. That's actually actually I don't hate this movie even though Amber Heard's in it. I completely forgot she was in it. Yeah, but she was like I mean like. That's when, like, we could look at her and be like, this girl is a, like, she is objectively, like, nearly perfect looking. And now that we know all about her and that her dog (laughs) stepped on a bee and we're like, ugh, gross. Yeah. Anyway, pass, hard pass. No, thanks. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. All right. So this week we're talking about John Wick Chapter 4. We are doing our regular slate, The Mandalorian, Ted Lasso, Soups and Lolo, and Picard. Did I miss anything? Mando, Lasso, Lolo, Cart, and wait. Nope. All right. Good to go. Cool. Well, we are recording this on April 1st. So um, I'm fighting the urge to be like, this is our last show, April Fool's. But, you know, uh, that'd be stupid. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so you ready to, to hop right in? Yeah. And uh, what, what I would call a not bad, just disappointed week. Mm-hmm. Of entertainment yes we, we we've been we've been talking about this um a couple times this week as we've been watching so uh the mandalorian so season three episode five chapter 21 the pirate um who didn't see this coming <laughs> is what they should have <laughs> called this like uh Chekhov's pirate <laughs> uh might have been a good one so yeah i I don't know. Like, I don't. Th- this was probably of the of the four shows that we're we're like kind of currently enamored with right now. This is probably the one that I like the best this week. Oh, definitely the one um, I like the best this week. I, I I think there were some really weird, just some weirdness. Um, you know, and and this week was directed by Peter Ramsey, who's best known for animation. Um, so he directed rise of the guardians. He was the co-director of into the spider verse. Um, I guess he's going to be directing on, uh, Ahsoka and, um, yeah. So, so we'll see. Um, I, I think, I, I feel like this was a little disjointed kind of going back and forth, um, between the new Republic and the story, um, look, we know what's her dick is, is Gideon's little spy, right? Like that was never in question for the second you met her. Um, she is, I, I don't remember the character's name now. <laughs> so you're not even important enough to remember. I mean, exactly that. I mean, but that's kind of the point, right? Like she's not yeah. important enough to remember. Um, 
And I just, I, I don't, I don't care about the new Republic in this, in this particular story. No. Um, you know, following around the guy from, from Kim's convenient, you know, is like, okay, like you were cool. Like, um, uh, Carson Teva, Teva, you were cool. Like when you first, when we first saw you, but like now you keep showing up and like, there's no Cara Dune. So there's like really no reason for your character at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like this is where not having Cara Dune put a big giant Gina sized Carano hole in the story. Yes. Because like, like this, this would have been so much more interesting if it was grief and Kara fighting and they had to call for help. Like, you know, um, reluctantly. Um, and I think Mando would have been like, yeah, let's go. Um, a little like there, I don't know. I liked, I liked the little speeches. Um, Paz Vizsla obviously has an ulterior motive here. He's trying to get the dark saber. Um, the, the look on his helmet when, um, when Bo took her helmet, walked in with her helmet off. And did you notice that scene was disjointed? Because like when she first walked up, her hair was long, longer. I didn't notice that. And, uh, like, like it was definitely, there was definitely a reshoot at some point there and the wig just did not look right. Um, Mm -hmm. but um, I, I did. I, I liked. I liked the progression of the Mandalorians this week. Um, that was my. That was probably the best thing about it. Yeah, and considering that it's a show called The Mandalorian, that's what I'm most interested in. I read an interesting I, thing. Speaking of the what? Mandalorian, that the Mandalorian is not Din Djarin, It's Grogu. I, think I saw something like that as well. I just thought that was that was. An, it's a really interesting take. I didn't see what they said, but I, I saw something about that. I, I do recall that. Like the but ideas he's far- found at the end of the first episode. Yeah. And he's a Mandalorian yeah. foundling, and it's following his journey to Mandalorian-ness. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they just need to make him grow up a little bit quicker. Right. Like we, we talked like about Like he needs week. to wake up one day and be like three feet tall. <laughs> like seriously, like he just like like or like he goes into like a little chrysalis thing and he comes out and he's like three feet tall. They they had the perfect chance to do that with the time with the two year time jump. Two. Yeah. Yes, so. absolutely. And you can chance. explain so, it in dialogue. Yeah, no, there, yeah. it's just so, Disney is money grubbing whores. So yeah, yeah, the whole New Republic thing. I mean, again, I like Tiva being in there. Like you said, mm-hmm. if Cara Dune is in here. This makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. This flows better because you don't have to do some of the, the the jumping around and the like. The Moff Gideon stooge. It's not even fun having her in here because mm-hmm. one, I don't care about her as a character. They haven't given us anything to care about her as a character. Right. And number two, it's just so obvious. There's no and it, some and again. Sometimes it's fine. Something that's obvious as long as it's done well and done well. I mean having good dialogue, having making yeah. her an interesting character. And again, seeing her in Ant-Man, she's not the greatest actress. She's I mean, in she Ant-Man too. Her. Yeah, she's the uh, barbarian, what I call the barbarian uh, chief, the woman, like the female barbarian in the uh, quantum realm. Barf. Yeah. So, I mean, she has a physical presence about her, but it, talking about you know what you just said about uh, Bo-Katan's wig and stuff, whatever they did with her, in this episode, mm-hmm. 
she almost looks sickly in a way. Right. I, it, just none of the stuff with the new Republic is has been interesting to right. me. Right. I I do I really am liking the journey of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and and them actually getting their enclave back. I thought that was really cool. The other disjointed thing you were talking about, and this is not just specifically Mandalorian or anything we've seen with Star Wars. When they have towns in movies like this or TV show, well, it's usually TV shows. They can never fill it to make it make <laughs> right. seem like real. <laughs> it's like okay, you have like ten people in here, really, yeah, and right. you're doing a you have a, a giant like, metropolis, and yet there's only ten people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then so. you look like on a show like 1883. Yeah, and you have it does such a good job with that, and then you give that you know that um, outpost, and it's like that's basically what navu was or whatever not navu but um navarro the town what navarro was and yeah and that's that it seems like a small thing but anytime i see something like that it takes me out of it a little bit because this is supposed to be a booming settlement a booming place Mm -hmm. and you have like 20 people right come on it's just one of those little things where it's it really does take away from me kind of being in the moment from me immersing myself Mm -hmm. in the world Yes. So, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the Mandalorian is not like doing well viewership wise. Like Disney's pretty disappointed. In oh, it it's at this moment. Yeah. Like, and I blame, I, I blame Disney Plus for this. I blame actually, I blame Marvel for this a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think Andor. Like, as many people are like, Andor is the greatest show that has ever existed in the existence of existence. Um, they're all getting like filleted by Kang across all the multiverses to say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> but uh, like, I mean, even Kenobi was not good. Right. No, like the book it, of Boba, say- the book of Boba, hold on real quick. The book of Boba Fett oh, killed this series. Killed it. Yes. 100%. Yeah. If this goes beyond season four, I will be shocked at this point. Yeah. So. I, in, in a so, in sort of defense, uh, Andor, the, the second half of Andor, was really good. The first half of Andor, especially the first three episodes, were quite boring. And that didn't help its viewership because, right. one, nobody asked for the series. Uh, two, when you start off, and I, again, I know it was 12 episodes, so it was a more of a leisurely pace. Mm-hmm. You have to give us more than what they did. And then you add to the fact, like you just said, Book of Boba Fett was, other than the Mandalorian you know, season three that was thrown in there, mm-hmm. there was nothing of interest in the book of Boba Fett. You right. have tape, uh, you have the Boba Fett character, the actor saying, dude, why, why are you, why am I talking so much? Yeah. Like he's supposed to be badass. So you could tell he was frustrated with it. Cause he, that's not the character book, we were promised. Book of Boba Fett just reinforced everything I've said for my four and a half decades of life about <laughs> Boba Fett. Am I wrong? Prove me wrong. I should be sitting at a little Crowder-esque table right now with a mug with my Jabba the Hutt Star Wars mug and, and and having someone come prove me wrong that Boba Fett's not a simp little bitch. Tales of the Bounty Hunter. Simp little bitch. Anyway. Tales um, of the Bounty Hunter. Dude, it's not canon. It's not canon. Know, it's right? Elseworlds. That's so. my only defense. <laughs> I lay there like a slug. It's my only defense. Give, give me an in-canon thing. All right. I do have a huge... Huge, huge bone to pick with John Favreau. Oh, My boy yeah. is not coming back from the Lasant homeworld to fight for the New Republic at all. 
There's no reason. It's a dangerous journey to get back. He's not leaving his boyfriend, Agent Callis, his grandma. Like, you know, he's staying there. He's he's making little half-breed human Lassant babies with with Agent Callis. <laughs> so But no. So I did I did confirm it is Zeb. Yeah. Garrett Dellis or whatever how you say his name. Uh it is is bullshit. It 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 devalues the ending of Rebels, and now I don't want to watch Ahsoka. <laughs> okay, so this is where I will. <laughs> that last I, bit was I, hyper, well, a little hyperbole. Yeah. Here's a couple of things. One, I, I when you said that, like when he when I told you it was Zeb, and you were like, "Well, he did this," and I had to actually go back because I kind of forgot the end of Rebels, which I think I actually really need to rewatch because I love Rebels. Wait, hold on. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the pro do this one for me. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> But when, when I actually watched it, it's like, oh, I remember all of this now. But I saw him and I'm like, is that Zed? Was... And then, uh, again, I will say this. I will, and it, it's very, very difficult to do this with Disney because, mm-hmm. and I don't mean just Star Wars, I mean Disney in general because they do it so much with the Mar MCU. Right. Wait and give them the benefit and the doubt to see nope. if this is going to make sense. Wait a minute. If this is going to make sense in Ahsoka, it's very difficult because they have proven time and time again they do not know how to do stuff like this. Right, and they do stiff do this stuff specifically for, as they say, the member berries and the nostalgia factor, mm-hmm. the nostalgia bait. So, our, that's my initial thought on this because it's so it's 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 almost a throwaway scene. Like he has a couple lines, but there's nothing of import that he does or says. Mm-hmm. So why do you put him in there? If if and again, if it's if he's going to be germane to what goes on in Ahsoka, have another. If, and again, I'm I'm wondering if they're going to have an episode in Mandalorian that's going to deal with Ahsoka. You know, the kind of like Ahsoka, the Ahsoka issue zero or something along those lines. But to have him just show up here. And again, I'm I'm going on the fact of just now because uh, this might change next week or the week after that when we see other stuff. I don't think so, but I could absolutely change my opinion. It just seems almost like a waste. Yes. And just say, hey, remember this guy? That's mm-hmm. how it comes out. Yeah. Member? Member Zip? I remember. Yeah. It, it, it's the worst kind of fan service. Okay. Yeah. So out of five, why is she allowed to take off, take her helmet off? What do you give this? I give it a 3.25. Um, I re- again, I really liked all the Mandalorian stuff. And even with the helmet off thing, it absolutely, it, it, to me, honestly, it does make sense. It moved the story. See- it moved the yes. story along. Yes. And, and it, again, it's, I, I was reading articles talking about how stupid this is because they do. No, we've seen that there are different sects of Mandalorians. There's mm-hmm. different tribes of Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. They Star, know that Star Wars. Sorry, real quick. Star Wars Theory did a great video about all the different tribes that we know about. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, oh, I'll, I'll have to watch that. Yeah, then. that yeah. But yeah, it makes sense to me. The armor understands that. So there are, you know, some sites that I like that just continually pound on stuff like and and I, I kind of like they kind of lose any type of uh, credibility just because I, you, when you see somebody, even even stuff you agree with that they continually pound this one idea without thinking, stopping and thinking and saying, why would they do this? This is a case I understand. So 3.25 out of five. This was honestly my 
to me my favorite show of the week. Yeah. So so I went three point five out of five. Um, this too was my favorite show of the week, and I took off a quarter point because of the use of a, a, a canon character that that had a definitive, really cool end to what he's doing to just be shamelessly thrown in for fan service. Yes. Yeah. So, um, okay, let's move on. Ted Lasso. Zava. 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 Um, so I, I, I do believe I called all this on the, on the podcast last week. Um, we got a gay character. <laughs> um, Sassy came back and Rebecca is definitely going to try to ruin whatever Sam has going on with that other girl. <laughs> I mean, I texted you after I watched, I said, I swear to God, I'm not psychic. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but Yeah. So, um, so the episode opens with Colin, who I actually thought it was the ball boy at first. Uh, dude, I, which, I like, that wouldn't have been a because he is twenty five. Yeah. evidently. I was, yeah, right. That was I'm really like, funny. Dude, you're twenty five. I was eleven when I was. I was but eleven when I was a ball boy. But no, I, I thought it was the ball boy. I was like, oh, all right, we're gonna see like a day in the life of the kit man. Nice, and then no, no. <sighs> they had to modernize it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, here's the thing though. It's like Colin is the like the like again, this is fan service for the alphabet community. Oh, absolutely. Like because this is inclusionary for awards. That's it. Yes. It has nothing to do with this character or the story. No. Not at all. Um if anything, it's just going to make Trent Krim look like more of an asshole than here he is. Yeah, it's. I wasn't surprised. Like once I saw him wake up, I'm like, oh, I. It, it wasn't even a doubt in my no. mind. I'm like, okay, he's with the guy. Yeah. Be- again, again, that's that. That is Colin, though. I've always thought Colin was gay. I, mm. I never thought you know any. Again, his whole grinder thing that was thrown in there, yeah. and just some of the way he acts. Honestly, I, sure. I just. Sure. That's what I always felt like. But I mean it's not a you're absolutely right. It's this was put in here not for the character, but for the message or the people. Right. And when I say the people, you know the people I'm talking about. The people. The, Power yeah. to the people, right? Uh. Yeah. And also let's talk about how unprofessional I don't care if it's a year later or not, how unprofessional it is for they're freaking therapists to be dating. Oh, yeah. Ex-wife. Right. Like, yeah, that was that. That was not okay. Um, I don't know. I, I think Jason Sudeikis is working something out with these scripts, right? That yeah. he was going through last year or the last couple years. And it's like, all right, I get it. But like, Ted is now my least favorite character on the show. I was going to say, like, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I understand people go through stuff. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it's when we're talking about entertainment, you do. I do like when they throw in something like, oh, I get that. What this character is going. They, they've done it a lot with this. They've right. done it with Jamie. They they did it with. Um, excuse me. They did it with Ted earlier when it wasn't like right. as just morose as it is. They did it with, you know, Roy and Keeley. They do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is something new. It's just 
you have to know when to back off and just say, okay, yes, he's going through this, but this show is supposed to be a feel-good show. You don't have to it, – it, it's injecting a little bit too much of that drama-itis that I like to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's no restraint, if you will. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's it. And it's a little bit disappointing. Uh, and that's why I, I wasn't a huge fan of this episode. Don't get me wrong. I did like, I didn't think I was going to like Zava, uh, the way just, I thought it was just going to be, oh, this is just going to be another guy that's going to do. I actually liked his character in this episode. Um, oh, I thought Zava Zava was great. He, he, he was more inclusive of his team than I thought he was going to be. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, especially after when you know he when he first comes in and he puts everybody together and puts him up front like that four or five one. I thought that was hilarious. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I I liked Zava in this. Um, I like that he came to Sam's thing. He was you know he was very uh, inclusive of like everyone on the team. Like the whole thing with the with I forget the the the, the ball boy's name now. But uh, you know, all of all of that was good. Um, you know, and then the the goal from half half from midfield was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Tart, get open! I will hit you! I will find you! Yeah. But I will say it was a dick move stealing Dam- Jamie Tart's goal. That's a dick move, dude. That was such a dick move. Like it was like it was like yeah. a foot away from crossing the line i mean it was like, not yeah, even that yeah so um although i have really liked the jamie tart story overall on the show yes. he he's 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 he was my like second favorite character he's now my favorite character yeah. because we've got um the cw barry allen version of ted lasso um mm-hmm. but uh like he's like I don't I, I want to be better than him like however he talks yeah. I love the way he talks yeah um, and you know I thought I thought that was really like like it's a great maturation especially like with the mentor mentee relationship that he's got with Roy and yes. you know it's Roy has always the thing is is Roy has always seen something in Jamie yes and it pissed him off yes. because Jamie didn't see that same thing like going back going back and re-watching mm-hmm. this like like we've done in the last couple like we've done it twice in the last couple months seeing some of the little like one of the things we laugh about is the the the, the sam rebecca stuff and how their conversations in season mm-hmm. one and it's like yeah. oh no one was coming right but watching some of the stuff between roy and jamie and the, what was the episode of the for the children episode when oh yeah Ted has them sit down together and Ted talks to Roy and he's like, dude. And, and when, uh, when Roy says what Jamie is and, mm-hmm. and Ted says, what were you when you were a 23 year old? And he said basically the same thing. Yeah. And you're right. Like I, he sees all that stuff and what it is. And this is why I love the journey of when I was telling you the whole Matt Wall short, when he was like, this show is terrible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. But oh, yeah. <laughs> And then somebody asked, they were like, I'm genuinely curious. Why do you think? And I listed all these things. One, one, number one for me was the Jamie story arc. He went from this prima donna prick, which is prima. Pre. He's a prima Madonna. Yes. <laughs> which I thought, I thought that was great. So, uh, but his, his, from going to that. And again, a lot of that and, and hearing why, mm-hmm. uh, again, I'm not excusing, but when he, when they, 
uh, bond over the fire of burning things that are important to him. That's the first real instance mm -hmm. you get of the psychology of Jamie Tart. Yeah. And watching Roy as he's at the tail end of his career mm -hmm. and he sees this guy who's had who has more talent than he ever could have mm -hmm. and his and it's boundless but he's getting caught up in being such a, a you know just such a, a me 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 guy mm -hmm. and not knowing how to balance that you know that prickishness as they said in season 2 with the team aspect I, I love their dynamic. And, and again, one of my favorite scenes in season two was when Jamie punched his father. And the most, if, and on the surface, you would think Ted would say something to him. But the way Roy, Roy just went up to him and hugged him. Right. I mean, I, that scene is one of my favorite scenes of the series in general, just because of the journey that Jamie was on and just that butting heads that he and Roy had and to have that moment which, by the way, was hilarious in uh, episode one or two of this season when Jamie tried to return us. Like, yeah. Where he's like, what are you doing? Like, you, you came at me too fast. <laughs> you, came, you came at me too fast. <laughs> so having I, him yeah. mentor Jamie, oh, yeah. oh, I, can't, I can't wait to see what happens from here. Like watching, watching Jamie go through like Roy Kent 4 a.m. boot camp. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be awesome. It's like, like honest, honestly, though, like, here's the thing. You can continue this show without Ted Lasso. You could just change this to uh, AFC Richmond as the title of the show. And Roy becomes the head coach. You follow, like, just keep following their journey. Oh, so, But to do that, that, they can't win the Premier League. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's funny you said that. Because I did read something about the possibility of continuing without Ted Lasso. I mean, it's conjecture after mm -hmm. what, you know, and this was after Jason Sudeikis in an article where he was talking about, hey, we got here. This was our, you know, it's 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 flattering that people want to see more. But this is where, yeah, we had a plan for a three year plan uh, arc and all that stuff. And when I and on the surface, when I said, no way, you can't have this with Ted Lasso watching this season. And watching how Ted Lasso it, like was one of my favorite characters or a top favorite top character for me, and at so far he hasn't been because he hasn't really been himself. Right. And I still enjoy a lot of the other stuff going on. I would absolutely tune in for a show like what you just said with Roy, yeah. you know, being the coach. Leave and, Coach Beard. You, you know, like yeah. Ted's, I was about to say, leave Coach Beard. Ted's got to yeah. go back to um, to his little guy. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I I would just, be down for that. Yeah, I, I'm hundred percent. I would love to. I like I like like and it doesn't have to go on forever. Like two more seasons. No. You know, something like two, that. Yeah, yep. I was just about to say two seasons is um, good. But it, it would just like I don't know, because I feel like there's gonna be so cause what we're on what is this, episode three, five? Three. 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 There's only I like, there's only nine episodes left. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot to cover in nine episodes. Yes. Because like they're 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 obviously going to lose to West Ham next week because they have to. You know yes. you can't have them yeah. defeat you know and and you know whatever um, the big bad this early in the season right yeah right no it's going to happen like in the tournament or whatever um, right but uh, and it's going to be Jamie who does it because like Zava like walks off you know whatever mm -hmm. uh, he gets mad that Sam doesn't buy avocados from him. Um, I loved, <laughs> I loved the Nigerian restaurant scene. 
it was mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, I liked seeing Sam with uh, his his chef. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's like there's something there, but they're not going to let it happen because of Rebecca. You know, yeah. Which I think is just really dumb. Like Rebecca, I don't know. Like the whole baby thing and, and, and stuff. It just seems really strange, you know, cause like the whole baby. Oh, like, the, the yeah, psychic, the psychic. Thing? Yeah, and it's did, like, I, Rebecca's like 50. Like the, the chances of her having a baby are like, well, there's just the idea of her having a baby in general is super dangerous for her and the baby. Like yeah. it's so, just very immature storytelling. Yeah. Well, so I, I will say that, uh, I thought she was like in her, like around 50, but, Based on the story with her dad and stuff, I'm thinking she's like in that between that 43 to 45 range. Which again, that doesn't it's still a uh, geriatric your point, like, but, yeah, it would be. But yeah, I'm just it's, but I'm just saying like I thought I always thought she was uh, older, like in her early 50s. But yeah. based on the time frame, she's like she can be as young as 42 mm-hmm. and as old as 45, probably. Okay, so so I mean, just um, a small. And thing, I'm but, not saying that. Um, What's her name? Looks fifty, by the way. I mean, she's no, she does not drop no. dead. Like, I mean, yeah. Like the the scene in the in the Nigerian restaurant, it was all boobs all the time there. You know, it was. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, I just I wasn't yeah. a fan of the whole psychic thing. Yeah, I, no, I, it was that it's, was one it's of just those, more unnecessary. You know, yeah, that was one of those things you could have done another way. Like, you know, she had a just had showed a quick dream of her seeing something green or whatever like you said like nigerian flag and i didn't i didn't pick that up but except when i did did know when she said a green thing i was like oh that's going to be sam's restaurant and that's not even but i i thought that was the whole psychic scene was a waste to me Mm -hmm. to be honest could have been cut yeah yeah uh yeah i just uh i don't know i don't i don't get it Yeah, All right. So. Um, so out of, <laughs> I just kept it simple. Out of five Zavas. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a three, three out of five. Good stuff in there. <sighs> My titular character, Ted Lasso is not the Ted Lasso. I've come to know and love. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I make Ted great again, man. <laughs> Can we say that? Because they, I mean, they already have the episode make Rebecca great again. MTGA so. Mataga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you with three. Anyway, all right, let's uh, let's move on to another show that really is struggling to understand one of their titular characters. I really like that word. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Soups and Lolo. I uh, I've been really disappointed by the what they've given Bitsy Turlock to work with. Yes. This. Uh, this season, um, a lot of this is really just out of out of left field um, mm-hmm. for uh, for Lois and and you know a lot of that. But at, at at the same time, it's like like this week was more like on on brand for Lois because of. Uh, you know, Lois. Her putting the story first. Yeah, I mean that is definitely something Lois That's would absolutely do. Absolutely, Lois. Yes. But, and I'm going to argue why they're wrong. And you wrong. You, uh, you can okay. tell me. Sh- this is I'm not right. the same Lois Lane. This is the mom version of Lois Lane. This is the wife version of Lois Lane. This is an entirely different Lois Lane than we have 
ever once seen before. And if she has not grown into her role as like the mom, the wife, the partner, then she's super selfish. And that's a bigger issue because she's not a selfish character. She is a selfless character. Like they have to tell her to stop being selfless yet. She's being very selfish. Yes. And I, I had the problems last week when I said when, when, the fact that she kept all this from Clark, mm-hmm. which yeah, I'm I'm sorry, that's that's not the lowest of these first two seasons that I see, right? And the fact that they use and again, this is what they've done such a good job in this series not doing mm-hmm. is holding stuff up for the dramatic moment, yeah. And they do that; they give her, make her, have her reveal her diagnosis. When that judge is about to yeah. jump off the bridge, it, it was and revealed by proxy. Hears it. Yeah. Yes, I, I did not like that. Right. I still don't like it. Uh, I, and like you say, I, I agree with what you just said. Like everything you said, and I do think what what she's doing with the story in and of in and of itself, putting herself in danger. That's Lois. Mm-hmm. However, the other part of that, like you said, is you know she's mm-hmm. that wife, she's that mother. And she is foregoing all of that when she knows she needs to see it. And again, a little bit of a, a, bar, a sidebar. And I know you don't want to do this deus ex machina thing. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that uh, Clark's mom doesn't have anything they can do for, with this. Right. With all the advanced technology. And you can say, hey, here, here's the diagnosis. Here's all this stuff. You're telling me she can't figure something out to help that that's an that's a little bit annoying to me just because and that's why it's dangerous having something like this kryptonian thing which is basically a supercomputer almost right right yeah in there and i know they address it they do address it however they, with them addressing it it just makes things a little bit less believable with all the other technology they have they can't do anything with this right so again that that's one of those where i have to just put it put it off to the side a little bit because but again it goes to the thing of them just use i'm not a fan of this storyline i understand i think i understand what they're trying to do it's just again this we're only three episodes in it might get better i i have a lot more trust in this getting better than i do them doing the right thing with as i was mentioning with the whole Mandalorian situation with uh, right. Deb, for example, I have more faith in this show doing it right than them. Yeah, yeah, no, so, I, like I think they have shown time and time again that they they've been able to write their way out of a bad situation. Yes. Um, I, the only thing I can think of um, is maybe this is a. This is Clark turning like this is how they're gonna. This is their end game where where Clark is gonna be like every other Clark in the rest of the CW multiverse and goes bad and Jordan has to stop him. Please no, just I really hope that we don't get yeah, that. I'm 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 desperately praying that that's not what happens. But you know, um, yeah, I could I could see them going down that message or going down that path. And this is the other thing, uh, another little issue I've had with this show, off and on through it, during the season. I understand you have to put Clark, or as Superman, 
sometimes you, he has to defy odds or he has to be be down a little bit. Yeah. This episode where you had freaking shocker hitting him with whatever the blast. And oh yeah, crypto shocker. Enough. Yeah. It. Again, it's one thing if it's a powered guy. Like, was it like the episode one? Okay, I get that. And you know, because this guy has super has you know he's a man of human or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I understand the initial blast taking him off guard in in this episode. But you have to be careful with a character like Superman that you don't continually have him get down to people with technology and they're just humans and have just human reaction times. Right. If you want to do the metahuman thing, that is okay because metahumans are going to be stronger. They're going to have faster reaction times. But you can't tell me that guy's going to be able to put pull his arms up and fire when Clark's coming at him full speed like he did. Right. You're not going to be able to see it. So that's another one of those things. And again, this is not just for this episode. This has happened over the year, oh, you know, since episode, you know, since the beginning. But they usually do a, a good job of having usually him be metahumans against or something like that, I should say. Then, so that was a little bit of an annoyance. And I, I got to say, I did not like Lana in this episode one bit. No, um, like you're the 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 dad of your kids should should have the ability to come into the house and not get vaporized yeah. by whatever it is John Henry has created. Yeah. And then him asking about it and then she goes with the whole fragile ego thing. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 again, this is where where they mess up with the writing. Instead of saying him him saying, "Hey, my kids are there. I have a right to know what precautions you're taking after someone almost killed you." Instead, he backs off. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't have to be an argument. It doesn't have to be him shouting like she did. He could just say, "Hey, my kids are in there. I have a right to." And and this is where they usually do a good job. So I'm I'm giving them a little leeway because we've talked about this over the years. They usually do a good job of not being this CW drama show with right. this type of stuff. We've talked about with Clark and Lois how many times where it's they could have had arguments and that lasted the whole episode, but they they talk about it like adults. Like even, I think it was last season, it might have been season one, where Lois said, I'm mad at you right now, even though I know I shouldn't be. And we'll talk about this later or something. Instead of her going off the deep end, she admits, hey, I'm mad at you, but this is my fault that I'm mad at you because I really shouldn't be mad at you. Mm -hmm. And so them doing that with Lana and, you know, the whole thing she's having with Sarah, which, again, mom, daughter, I, I get that stuff. I'm just not a fan of it right now. Right. Just yeah. not just not liking that. Yeah, I don't. This is the thing, though, is like this show is it's still not bad. It's just not. No, it's just not the level part. of what we expect it to be. All right. Yes. Out of what did I? Where is this? Okay. Oh, here's the other thing. This episode was directed by Gregory Smith, and it was written by Jai Jameson. I had high hopes for this episode because this is like one of their dream team pairs that have consistently put out good episodes, by the way. Anyway, so out of five – oh, we didn't even talk about the truck. Do we need to? Okay. Dude, Jonathan, get rid of Candace now. There, I saved yeah. you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, out of five trucks stolen by your girlfriend's dads, <laughs> what do you give the episode? I gave it three out of five. Again, it's I. I you just hit the nail on the head. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. 
if it was any other CW show, I'd be like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. But it's not any other CW show. This is Superman and Lois, yep. and it's just not up to par with what we've seen consistently over the last two yeah. and a half plus right. years. Yeah. So um, three out of five. I will say, if they're going to do any kind of spinoff of this, let's get Baby Steel with Taylor Buck having her own show where she's like off in some other DC city. That would be great. And if this is the same creative team. Yeah. Or I, it would not, even, it, or if it's Taylor or, or, or if it's, um, if it's Natalie and Jordan, like off, like that would be their this, version that would of be great. the super, yeah. uh, super sons, super, like yeah. super kids, whatever. So yeah, I don't know how Natalie yeah, that identifies. Would, that would so abs- I'm not going to yeah. pursue. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you a show like that yes. with the same creative team would yep. absolutely destroy Ironheart. And, and I think that, yeah, and oh, 100%. HBO Max, if you're listening, you can have that one for free. Um, but yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. So yeah, I went with a three out of five as well. Like it's not bad. It's just not what I want it to be. Um, yes. And anyway, so moving on so picard i think you and i are going to have different points of yes, view on this we one absolutely are because you definitely did not like this one and i did not no. hate this one and i actually went back and watched it and the things i enjoy about this episode far outweigh the things i don't enjoy about mm-hmm. this episode yeah. but there are stu- there's stupid shit that happened in this episode 100 yeah. percent and I and I I will absolutely say I am colored by the fact that one of the biggest parts of this is a character I just don't like in any way, shape, or form. Yes. All right. So let's let's just get this out of the way first for this one. Out of five, we're not giving up the bridge. Okay, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> what what is do you what true. do you give this? I I give it a two point five. I just really? I did. Wow. Yeah, I did not. Oh, and it had your favorite thing on it too, lens flares. Oh, I loved it. It's so great. <laughs> I thought of you every time I saw one of those. Yeah. Um, so I I went I went three point two five out of five on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, won because of the lens flares. It got an extra point and a half. Um, uh, no, I, uh, I did this because, um, I was really worried how they were going to handle like some of the, the interpersonal communications because, um, Riker did such a good job facilitating all of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's nice to see that that all flowed through the data lore character and how everybody reacted to each other. Um, yeah, that was, that was exactly the right way to handle data coming back into it. And, um, let's be honest, lore, one of the more underrated villains only because he was not, he was not around long enough. Right. Uh, I, I loved, I love to hate lore. I, I, he's one of the characters I despise, but I loved when he's on screen because it's such a, it's just the reaction he gets out of me from just the, just the, like he said, he likes to cause chaos. And it's like, why are you doing, why do you, it's like, why are you the way you are? Right. And, and he, and he is so unapologetic about it. It's, 
Yeah, and I love how Brent Spiner does that transition between lore and data. Yeah. Uh, lore has that, like, just that, like, almost, um, what, what, do, what do they, I'm trying to think of the word for it, but that he has that air of superiority where he's just, like, looking down upon everyone. And, again, just I just love his performance. Like, I really like when Brent Spiner goes back and forth between oh, yeah. the two. The, 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 just the way he effortlessly, well, seemingly effortlessly slips back into lore is, is yeah. really good. Yeah. And um, I continue yeah. to... I, I do like the uh, everything with Jack. I, I'm I'm that I'm so captivated by like what's going on and if they'll give us a good, solid explanation about what's going on with Jack. Is this the last? I really like the character. Is this the last season? Yes. So the there's three season. episodes left, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing but loose ends. Yeah, there is a lot. There's the, a lot going on. They, there's, so. there, there are. There are so many like plates in the air, loose ends flying around, and you know, just like the ground of storytelling is slowly receding. Right? Um, yeah. Jack is the best character on the show. I I, I really like. Um, and not just name, because I think uh, Aragon is a totally underrated sword and sandals movie. Wait a minute, he was, was he's he Aragon. the main character. He's Aragon. We've been over this. We talked about this three, four weeks ago. Oh, three weeks ago. I on the show because yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. No, he was no. Aragon was the dragon's name. Whatever the kid, so he was, the, the the little the kid. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know the na- the kid's name. I thought it was Aragon. I, that's how much I paid attention to the movie. But I like that movie a lot. Um, oh wow, he looks so different. You know, I'm bad with names, it, but at the same you know, time, he's the same. Names. But yeah. yeah, I mean, he just looks grown up, but. Um, no, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I'm you're you're right. You're right. It's Aragon. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. the dragon's name. No, yeah, I thought I had that right. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Um Yeah. Uh him and like the whole mind reading thing and then the way he uh Pinocchioed uh Sydney was really cool. Pinocchio. <laughs> I mean, she was his puppet, like, you know, she's got some strings on her. Um you know what it reminded me of a little bit was the that the f- final episode I think it was of Vikings where Ivar was on the battlefield and he was doing movements and all, you know his Viking words were doing those movements mm. which it was that was just cinematic gold I love that but I was gonna say it reminded me of Real Steel that's another good one An <laughs> underrated movie <laughs> um, underrated movie agreed okay. So here's what I really liked about this episode. All right. I liked everything with Data. I liked everything with Jordy. I liked the stuff with Picard. I liked everything with Jack. Um, I hate the changelings. <laughs> I don't I, like them. No. I, I, the, the whole Dominion thing um, is, uh, is not my favorite. It's not my favorite thing. Um, I uh, I would like them to do better, you know, um, if they could, please. And then, um, yeah. Um, but I, I just think this show looks great. 
Um, that's it, not even. Yeah, that yeah. is. I mean, it, it's fantastic. It it absolutely looks fantastic. They the one of the other things I didn't like, and again, this was just for this episode. They tried they tried some different camera angles when they were when Picard and Crusher were speaking with Vatic in the, the force field. That was kind of off putting. It was like. She was looking at you were seeing, seeing it from Picard and mm-hmm. Crusher's point of view, and it, for me it didn't work. I mean that's just a small thing, but like I said, Vatic is the character itself herself. Yeah. I haven't liked her since the first episode, and I thought, well, maybe she'll, you know, get some momentum, and I'll start to like her. Mm-hmm. This episode just the fact that she was such a big part of it, and the way that her story came out, it it really bugged me, and again this is one of the things they tend to do a lot of times with shows and with villains is try to make them sympathetic and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't mm-hmm. and you know you know having the whole you know oh yeah these guys are getting just tortured out, out of their out of their gourds all this time for no reason but right. to for as a weapon and it just it it didn't offer me it didn't give me any type of emotional Oh, I get that with them. And again, part of that, I will say, I, I will absolutely admit, part of it is just because I don't like Amanda Plummer's performance as Vatic or the direction she decided to go or they had her go. Yes. And I just don't like the material they've given her. The, the, the like whimsically evil thing that she's yes. got going on. And like, you know, she went from the cigar smoking mustache, mustache twirling villain to this like whimsical thing that she's doing. And, um, yeah, you know, the thing that's controlling her, that looks like the pirates from the Mandalorian, the one that ran away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, yeah. Oh, are we crossing over? Um, <laughs> so there's that, but, um, but no, I, I just, I, I, I didn't like that. And, and so leading into the thing that I absolutely hated the most about this episode is when, the shapeshifters took the Titan back or mm-hmm. whatever, took over the Titan and they all know what's happening. And, you know, you even pointed out that data should have like protected the bridge, put the partitions in whatever needed to be done to protect the bridge. Right. That all could have happened. Yeah. Uh, Shaw just walked right into the trap. Didn't leave the, like didn't follow the Jesse Eisenberg rule. Number two, double tap, double tap. Yes. Um, you know, didn't follow that. But then seven of nine is like, we're not giving up the bridge. And then a heartbeat later, we give up. What the yeah. actual fuck? That was terrible. It, and that's terrible how it writing. ended. That's how the episode ended. And it's like, imagine yeah. if this episode would have ended well, how we would have liked it. Yes. The, the, even with Vatic, even as much as time as she had, mm-hmm. if there was a better ending to this, I guarantee you I'd have a, it would have been a three or more for me. Like yes. it wouldn't have been a three, five, it's probably been a three or 3.25 yeah. for me. That is a huge aspect of it because that's one of those other things that we we're just talking about how certain things don't make sense to, to us. Or when I was talking about uh, Superman and Lois, mm-hmm. are you telling me one, you don't have a, like an emergency response for co- somebody trying to commandeer the bridge. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Number two, is yeah i mean that's the big one and then number two is about the changelings right how do you not know understand these are changelings shooting them like a normal person unless they unless they are completely disintegrated they're still going to get up 
it's just stuff like that is uh, that's lazy to me and it's and it makes things contrived like that was they did that so Shaw could get pushed into the elevator with that it get beat up get thrown mm-hmm. on the bridge and then that's it that is you have to do better than that yes and there there are ways they could have changed this it, it, you could have had the same type of instance but but maybe and again I, I I'm not a huge fan of, but what if one of the people on the bridge was a changeling and they never knew and they, they were like deep cover or something right. something like that that would even that would have been even as contrived and like derivative as that might be that would have been better than we're not giving up the bridge oh wait yeah yeah we're, we're not giving up wait 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 no we yeah. give up um the other good thing i liked was tuvok um and i did like that tuvok was a changeling and because i liked how he was able to fool her enough and to the point where she was like, yeah, she was, she kept pressing, which I really like, that's what I yeah. like about seven. That's that what, was, that was always the interesting thing about seven. Cause she always pressed and pressed and pressed, um, you know, so, so there's that, um, <laughs> yeah, she, she, she was, <laughs> and, and I, I just thinking of to yeah. the episode when, uh, Harry Kim was like, she was like, your pupils are dilated. Your heart rate's right. Do you want to mate? It's like, take off your clothes now. He was like, wait, 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 what? Hold on. <laughs> I didn't realize Seven had that kind of fever. Um, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but it was like, I liked when she kind of trapped him. She's like, how dare you, Tuvok, would be so offended by this. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, like, I, I, I definitely like this episode more than you. Um, the things that I do not like, I really do not like. The things that I really like, I borderline love. And like Hashtag this is, I mean that's that was the best part of the whole goddamn show. So don't <laughs> even like I don't even know what you're trying to do here. Uh, so you so you you're basically saying you love JJ. I Abrams, do. Right? I love him so much that I want to take a swing <laughs> at him. Um, you know, I want to push him on a swing right into a live volcano. Uh, um, <laughs> all right. So let's uh, let's uh, to 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 quote our 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 uh, favorite wrestler Mark Henry. It's time. Enough talking. It's time for the main event. Um, all right. So we've got about ten minutes left. Uh, John Wick Chapter Four. We'll we'll just get it out of the way. Out of ten, mm-hmm. how many bullets are in that 21, 21 round Pit Viper mags? Oh, uh, six out of ten. Six, six out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I already told you what mine was when I called you immediately after I watched it. What did you? Say? I, I don't remember. Six point five. It's a six point five. Okay. So, and and keep in mind, please remember that my I, I do not give the the highest thing I've ever given anyone in eight years of this podcast was a nine, and it was the first Deadpool movie. Um. And it's not because it's a great movie. I mean, it is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. But it is the most spot on comic book character movie ever. Right? That's pretty damn accurate. Like, I'm just thinking about it. For me, 6.5 is really good. Like, Mm -hmm. most movies are in, like, that 5.5 to 7.5 range. Um, Yeah. I, I think this movie definitely had room to improve. And um, yes, it's because it was 45 minutes too long. Hey, you said 30 before. 
I know, but I've been thinking about it. It, it should. <laughs> I was not. just about to. S- I was just about to say we rarely agree on how many times, <laughs> no, how much time can come off a movie, and I was just about to say that, and then you up it by fifteen. I was like, it because that was the <laughs> so, first thing I told my brother. I was what? like, thirty at least thirty to thirty-five minutes. Yeah, easy could have cut out of this. So the the entire thing where he had to get the fat guy's tooth mm-hmm. irrelevant to the story yes like they 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 could have done they could have done that differently and it was still a cool ass scene yet he broke his back like seven times this movie and that scene where he fell on the concrete like pillar was the most egregious dude, dude. Dominic Toretta has nothing on John Wick. So, I mean, J- Jason Statham has nothing. Like, you know, like, yeah. Good like, great. Like, uh, you know, it, it's just, I mean, like, Black Widow falling and hitting her back and landing in the poser pose was more believable than <laughs> some of the falls that John Wick took. Oh, absolutely. Even my, the audience with me a couple yeah. times, they laughed just because it was so ridiculous. So, like, yeah. Um, again, one of yeah. one of the things, uh, John Wick, if you, like, looking at the John Wick movie. Oh, hold on, hold on real quick. Spoilers. I'm not talking about this movie with no spoilers. So if you haven't seen oh, yeah. it yet, what are you waiting yes. for? Go watch it. Um, but, yes, I um, we are going to spoil spoil this, so... One of the things John Wick has always been good about, and I've always said I love this about these movies, is that he actually reloads. And he reloads pretty – if you watch the movies, mm-hmm. for the most part, and again, there are some here, they, he consistently reloads based on the magazine. They got away from that in this movie. A couple times. Like, yes, uh, they yes, still uh, did – they still did uh, – they did the the reloading pretty – pretty regularly and he pulls out every magazine and checks the yeah checks and i don't know if you noticed but he presses down on the bullet yes i did notice so i absolutely noticed that because i I don't know i don't know if that's a training thing because i do that too whenever i pull my magazine out i press on the bullet to see like Mm -hmm. do i have to put more in because i don't always put 12 in the magazine oh okay i sometimes will put just leave eight in there um mainly because i'm lazy and, <laughs> but yeah, and there and there is a t- there's an instance in this movie where he pulls out a clip that does have that it does have bullets in it and he puts it in his uh mm-hmm. in his side you know in his side yeah. holster or whatever yeah I, I thought that was a good thing one of the things i loved about this movie it was the top down diablo type scene where they're going through the house and he has mm-hmm. a dragon breath yeah that that was what that was such a uniquely shot scene it was probably my favorite scene in the movie yeah chad Chad stalisky is that how you say his name yeah um really is maturing as a um as a as an action director Mm -hmm. Um, that was yes that that's actually one of my favorite scenes throughout the john wick series i thought that was Mm -hmm. shot so well and it just it just gave you a complete. I, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen something like that in an action movie, from that top down. I know they tried to do something in. Oh gosh, they tried to do that first person thing from Doom, the movie Doom oh, yeah. with the the rock, 
God, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but I thought I love that scene. Yeah. And the fact they was using dragon breath rounds, which was great too. Yeah, that was really cool. And especially as they're like catching fire and dying at the same time. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, so um, you know, just breaking down the cast real quick. Uh obviously Keanu Reeves, John Wick, like he's definitely on a mission this time around. Uh, the way it opens, how we're reintroduced to him after again falling from a multi-story building onto the concrete and and sur- surviving, um, mm-hmm. like time has obviously passed here because he's healed and and all of that and he's he's punching a board, um, and then we get the the, the king, the Bowery King, the, and and you can tell like, it's because yeah. remember at the end of the movie his his cuts were still. Yeah pretty fresh yeah they're pretty healed in this mm-hmm. movie yeah i mean he's all scarred over um yeah. donnie yen as kane um was i mean one i love donnie yen like it man like even it man three and four which are legitimately bad movies are really fun to watch um <laughs> i mean they are legitimately bad uh but he he's most known obviously for um for rogue one um yeah in america probably and you're yeah and you're absolutely right uh he was basically that character yeah he was uh the force was one with him and you know he was with the force um i am for whatever reason forgetting the name of the character he played it is uh chirrut imwe that's right chirrut um do it uh, anyway, Donnie Yen is fantastic in this movie. He is fantastic. Um, and he has motivation. Too, he does. Yes. I really like that as, um, as well, because we find out that he and John Wick are friends. They're brothers. As friendly as you can. Yeah. Brothers. It, you know, you can get in this situation and it makes sense why he's doing what he's doing. And we need to find a young actor who looks similar to Keanu Reeves and a young actor who looks similar to Donnie Yen and we need to have a prequel of the two of them yes. being best friends. Yes. Um, yes. Bill Sarsgaard, this is 100% the best movie he's done yet. He was really good in this. He was he was actually he's, scary as a villain. Because when he plays Pennywise, he's cute and cuddly, and you kind of want to hug him. Yeah, that's that to the child that got his arm ripped off. Well, I mean, but. other than the child that got his arm ripped off. Everybody else <laughs> wants to like just pat him on his little head. Um, Shamir Anderson as Mr. Nobody slash the tracker, I think was a huge bonus to this movie and to this franchise. Um, it is another like cool ally for John wick. And he was much better with the dogs than Halle Berry was in John wick chapter three parallelogramism. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it was, it was obvious. We both know this, but I thought, still thought it was great in the scene where they're fight. They're actually fighting. Finally. Now, because I loved his story arc where he kept saying mm-hmm. uh, he, he's trying to get this house or this right. mansion or, or estate and he needs a certain amount of money right. and he keeps waiting until the, <laughs> that is so unique, I think, right. in this movie and just in general. OK, this guy is a bounty hunter uh, and he he wants to cash in this bounty, but it has to hit a certain part right. before him to make it worth it because he wants to work great. smarter, not harder. Yeah, I thought that was yes. great. Yeah. And. When they're fighting and John Wick, of course, we knew he was going to do it, saves his dog. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then that comes back around at the end. I thought that was great. I thought, yeah, again. John Wick is always going to save the dog. Um, Yes. Then Rena, um, 
Swayayami. Sawayama. Sawayama. Thank you. Um, Was that uh, that, uh, Kira? Sonata's daughter? Yes. That was was Akira. Um, I liked her. She's another great addition. And the end credit scene with her and Donnie Yen definitely opens the door to something next. And I'm excited Mm -hmm. for that. Um, Yes. Having uh, Ian McShane, obviously Winston Scott is a great character, Mister Mister Manager, um, which always makes me laugh because of um, Arrested Development. Because mm-hmm. when, when um, um, Jason Bateman's character Michael makes George Michael the manager of the banana stand, and he's like, "Oh, Mister Manager," and he's like, "That's me, Mister Manager," and it's like, "No, it's just Manager, <laughs> Mister Manager." So, um, and then uh, R.I.P. Lance Reddick and Lance Sharon. Reddick, yeah. Um, didn't expect that. Yeah. Didn't expect didn't it either. at all. Uh, I wonder nope. if they went back and changed that. What do you mean? Like, did was he, like, did they, like, I mean, I know he just recently died, but do you think they went back and, like, killed his character? I don't think they would have done that. So, because that, yeah. I mean, I don't know how they would have, but, um, yeah. But that was, that was like, you know, that was great. And like the, just the relationship building between him and Winston on their way to one of them, obviously going to die. Right. Um, mm-hmm. was, was great. Uh, Clancy Brown. Hello. The Harbinger. Dude, what a I cool character. That. Yeah. What Clancy Brown legitimately has one of the best voices in the history of voices. 1000%. Um, I love like listening to him. Yeah. Again, first, first time ever seeing him, I, pretty sure it was when he was a kurgan yeah i'm almost positive that's the first time i ever watching the old highlander mm-hmm. movie but i love clancy brown yep like best Lex, just best lex luther best lex luther ever oh yeah 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 sorry yeah but his his voice yeah you're right sorry like one of the greatest sorry voices. michael rosenbaum but you're second yeah um but anyway yeah um no, this was it was just a really like this was a really good movie that was just a little overly long overly long. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think if you do if, other... I'll give you if you cut 30 minutes out this gets an entire new point an entire point yeah. added. Um I also like that it was in a different part of the world. It took place mostly in Osaka and Paris, which, yes, which I actually I appreciated yeah. because we don't see a lot of either of those cities in movies lately. No. So the thing was the issue I had with the action because again mm-hmm. the action was great. This is what happens though when you have an action sequence, whether it be one on one fighting or that's prolonged. It it you can see it, it little pieces where the where the timing gets thrown off just a little bit, and that happened several times in this movie. Where and again, one of the, uh, the other things, if you go to the original John Wick movies, the fight scenes were brutal mm-hmm. and to the point. Like mm-hmm. when I say, I'm talking about the one-on-one fights, right? And they they and they've at each movie they've extended it a little bit. Like it's almost like like the I think was it John Wick three? Yeah, it was John Wick three where he fought those two the two dude the two small dudes. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Like that went on a little too long. It was again. D- don't get me wrong. It was fun, but it went on a little too long. And there were several instances of this, like with the right. gunfights, not just the one-on-one fights, but the gunfights as well, that went on just a little too long. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said when I sent you, if they would have cut 15% of the action, 
And that's that that's 45 minutes, minutes of the movie. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe 40 minutes of the movie, Um, 42 minutes of the movie. You just can't give me 45 minutes of the movie. (laughs) You know what? 44 minutes and 59 seconds. (laughs) But here's the thing. This movie looks fantastic. If you if you if you have the chance to go see it on the theater in the theater, go see it in the theater. 100 percent. This this is. It is. um, It is a dark. It's dark, but it's not like dark like the batman where you're essentially listening to an mm-hmm. audiobook um <laughs> god i love pitch meeting for that <laughs> ryan ryan george you sir are genius and they're gonna do what you said to do and they're we're all gonna pay to go see a blank screen and listen to an audiobook and then that is hilarious it is your fault sir uh Super easy, barely an inconvenience. Um, I liked how this world felt a little smaller with the um, with the assassins. Like not everyone yes. was an assassin this time, yeah. um, which has been the last two. And then, uh, when did all the Parisians get muscle cars? That must be a new thing. Like Seriously. one, there were some fucking sick ass cars in this movie. Um, yes, there and, were, and you know. Um, I wish people were able to survive getting hit by cars the way people I was survive say, getting I don't, hit I, by cars in the John Wick universe. Dude, Mad Max, the Mad Max movies were like, oh, yeah, we hit a lot of people with cars. This mm-hmm. movie was like, hold our beer. So I have been man. hit by two cars in my life. One, the, uh, the passengers I was running and the passenger mirror clipped me from behind. And I had a bone bruise. For months, oh, yeah, um, in season. So that's where I fell in love with ice baths. The other was one hundred percent my fault because I had my headphones on. I was in the zone. I wasn't paying attention. Um, the light was the the crosswalk light was like counting down, and it had like two seconds left. And I went anyway. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the girls in my class pulled into the crosswalk, um, and I saw it at the last minute, and I jumped. But I still went up and over the windshield into the backseat of her convertible. Um, And then I got up and ran off. Uh, I was fine. Like, I didn't get hurt. (laughs) I was really lucky. And, like, the next day at school, she's like, did I hit you yesterday? Because I hit somebody, and I think it was you. I'm like, yes. Did Um, I hit you? (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, She's like, I, I, I saw you go up and over me, and then I looked back, and then all I saw was you running away. (laughs) Okay, um, I wish I would had that on film, dude. I still had like five miles to run. Um, <laughs> there was no time to stop. Um, anyway, I, I didn't get hurt, but still, but like the way people were getting like not just hit, but like hit and thrown. Um, yeah, the use of the door to uh, to knock people down. The doors was was very impressive. Um, yeah, the one where he grabbed the guy and then like did the little donut and like threw him into the light pole yeah. was like that is like let's like let's start a new like movie kung fu like car fu was, like like there's gun kata yeah. like gun gun kata yeah let, let's let's do like car fu and and have a movie where like you're just grabbing people and like doing different throws with the car. <laughs> You got judo throat bar car, dude. You just got judo flipped. <laughs> you just got car food, bitch. Um, 
But yeah, and I, again, I, yeah, sorry, to, go ahead. To reiterate your point with the six and the 6.5, that doesn't, yeah, it's not like you said. That is actually a, a pretty solid rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of fun. There was some good stuff, really good stuff in there. Yeah. Like I said, one of my fa- maybe my favorite scene in the entire series was that top-down action sequence. I thought that was brilliant. It was beautiful. And but like I said, there was just some fat they could have trimmed off of this movie mm-hmm. that would have made it tighter. That would have made it a lot stronger, and it would it, everything about the movie would have been better for it. So, and when you said if they would have cut 40, uh, like cut X amount of time, like the 40, if they would have cut 45, 40, 40 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever between that 35 and 45 minute mark, that would have absolutely given an extra point for me, from yeah. me. Oh yeah. So, so, um, but yeah, just a beautiful movie, just, uh, all the way around. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Uh, yeah. No complaints. Uh, well, I mean, some complaints, but a few complaints. Yeah. But I will say this: yeah. th- th- this is this is the best thing I can I can do for a movie. I would pay full price for this. Yes, one hundred percent. I don't need any service man's discount. No, I mean, like this is not a, like oh, I'm gonna wait until it's like at least nine ninety nine. No, I will. No. I will probably. It's like I think it's up for pre order now. I haven't pre ordered it yet, but I probably will. Um, okay. I will. If I have the time, I would definitely go see this again in the movie theater. Yeah. Um, but Renfield's coming out next week, I think. Um, Dungeons and Dragons out this week. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, like like we're we're getting into the 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 like the summer movie season early. Yeah. Um, and nobody cares about Dungeons and Dragons with uh, no. Cuck Pine. So, I mean, yeah. Chris Pine. I'm I'm so sorry. I, no, I'm not. Um, anyway. All right. Cool. Well, anything else you want to add? Uh, that'll be it. All right. Well, on that It'll note. It'll be a big weekend. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. You can't say it. Uh, you, got, you got to say it like um, like Santino Morella. WrestleMania. <laughs> or, oh, or, or you could say KO Mania or WrestleZania. Those are the other two appropriate. But you, 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 you really like are showing your norminess as a as a wrestling mark oh uh, yeah it went there fine. anyway um yeah so cool all right well thank you all for listening thank you daryl for indulging um my uh my nonsense about the john wick movie <laughs> <laughs> I was worried you weren't going to go see it. I was like, oh, no, I went and saw it. Then I'm going to have to talk about it by myself. <laughs> I didn't have to go to the bathroom. Although this guy, like, I did in the have same to go to the bathroom. Me, older guy. Yeah. He, he went like three times. I went once and I literally sprinted to and from the bathroom. Um, <laughs> and I was in there by myself and I had a cup and I was like, do I? <laughs> <laughs> Like I didn't, I didn't, but I was like, for like, for like five minutes, I was like, do I, do I, like, I'm going to do it. And then somebody's going to walk in like that. That was, I know that would be, yeah, that would have anyway. All right, cool. Well, on that note, we will talk to you all next week. Have a good one later. So yeah. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. 
you can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.